to another episode of the corner guys boxing podcast i'm your host thomas trambox along with me as always aside last episode tim rivera what's up brothers and also joining us this week we have a special guest he was on previously uh i would believe the pacquiao card breakdown for that pay-per-view marquise john is with us pleasure to have me on guys thanks a lot and yeah don't look back at that pacquiao card for my results man i don't want to hold that l I think we all picked Thurman, and we were a bit surprised, but at the same time, not saying that he was maybe doing extra things, but Pacquiao looked about eight years, ten years younger, and that makes you wonder. But To quote Keith Thurman after the fight, which is very under the radar, no one's really been talking about it, superior conditioning was his exact quote. I'm going to leave it at that. Mm. It does make one wonder, but... <laughs> Makes well, what really doesn't make one wonder is the great fight we just had between Errol Spence Jr. and Sean Porter this past Saturday on the pay per view card. A lot of people were skeptical about the pay per view numbers that it would bring in. From what everything that I've heard, it's going to do over 300k, which I honestly thought it would do at least 300. Just the build up seemed really good for it. Uh, they're both unifying champs and they're both known to the boxing public, maybe not mainstream, but. You know, when you get mainstream pay-per-views of 5K, 500K, a million buys, you know, that's Mayweather, Canelo, stuff like that. But I, I thought for two guys that weren't in mainstream fan base, you know, like outside of boxing, I thought over 300K was was a great number. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that or the fight card itself. Tim, we'll start off with you. Uh, I know you watched the fight card. What was your take on the fight? This was the first fight where Errol Spence got himself a real opponent. Um, and I know maybe people will say Mikey Garcia, but this was a real actual 147 pound fighter. He looked, you know, he looked all right. Um, it was a great fight. I know that you and me actually were talking, we were texting about it. Um, the first three rounds and you and me kind of both thought that it was going to be a blowout because Spence was just outboxing in those, those first three rounds. Um, Porter looked really confused. He looked off balance. And he made it a really excellent fight, man. He, uh, I'm not sure if I can say he adjusted, but maybe he just turned up the uh, intensity. Uh, it was a, a really great fight. Porter is one tough motherfucker, man, I have to say, man, because that, that knockdown the 11th was pretty brutal. It was a punch that he didn't see coming, and the momentum of him throwing his own punch, I was actually very surprised that he got up. Good win for um, Spence. You know, let's let's be honest. Like Porter, the only losses he has, maybe with the exception of the Kell Brooks fight, uh, have been razor thin. I mean, he lost to Furman, which was a razor thin decision, and Spence that was a razor thin decision. He um, he's a tough dude. Um, as far as Spence, the only disappointing thing that I can say about him is, and this is not really a knock on him, but um. Who the fuck really wants to see him and Danny Garcia next, man? Like, who really wants to see that shit, bro? Like, you know, as I said before, man, PBC is just a pyramid scheme. And they're not going to allow their fighter to take on someone like Terrence Crawford just because it doesn't it doesn't benefit their margin. 
Spence is obviously going to beat Garcia. That's an easier fight than the fight he was just in. So I, I don't like seeing shit like that, man. You know, no disrespect to Danny Garcia, but that's not the fight that fans want to see next. What about you, Marquise? What's your take on the main event? Main event was fine, guys. My problem with the fight, more than anything else, was the, the promotion of this fight. I'm, I'm surprised it's only done 300, 300K, guys, because let's be honest. If you watch Fox within the last six weeks, you couldn't dodge the commercial for Errol Spence and Sean Porter. They're on Fox Football. They're on all their talking head shows. They're on the radio shows. I mean, you, you go to the Box, Fox Premier Boxing Happy's website. The ad pops up. You couldn't block it. You couldn't get around this fight whatsoever. So I'm kind of surprised it's only doing 300K. I know it's football season here in the States, and football's king in America, which is why Fox had the prelims banned to uh, FS1 as opposed to the last pay-per-view with Pacquiao where it was on Fox. So I get that part of it. But in terms of the fight itself, I thought the fight was pretty good. This was a Sean Porter I was not expecting, guys, because when he fought Ugas, it, let's be honest, he did not he did not <laughs> look very good. And you can still kind of debate. It was a close decision on that one, but he won the fight. But this fight with him, with Spence, it, either something came out of him with Porter, it'd be more competitive into it. But it, it's with Spence, it's just a top-level competition. But my only problem with this fight, more than anything else, is that now that Spence won by split decision, him fighting Danny Garcia, what is that going to prove? Uh, just down the screen of things with uh, PBC on the, on the welterweights where you're going to stall. How, how long can he box out Crawford? Uh, I mean, I get it. You don't want to fight the guy. Just say you don't want to fight the guy. Don't don't put up Danny Garcia and then we got to wait for Pacquiao. And then at that point, Keith Furman may come back. We'll get Keith Furman again. I mean, I mean what, are we, what are we doing with this? Marquise, I, see, I disagree with you. I, I, I dis- uh-huh. a, a, few, a few points I disagree with you on. Number one, 300,000 is a good number if you consider the fact that a lot of people thought that Spence was going to blow Porter out. Not a lot yes. of people thought this was going to be a 7-5 fight. A lot of people thought this was going to be an 11-1 fight, a 10-2 fight. So Yeah, I had it 9-3 myself. I got you on that. Exactly. I had a 10-2. So not a lot of people expected. So to have a 300,000 pay-per-view numbers for a fight that people – a main event that people didn't even think was going to be close is actually, to me, pretty impressive. As far as the Crawford point, I don't think it's Errol Spence that doesn't want to fight Crawford. I think it's Al Heyman. I don't think that Al Heyman wants to put his fighter in a fight that he's going to lose. Because you, if you make Pacquiao and Spence, which I think Spence will win that fight, but who knows? Mm-hmm. That fight, you know, you could put that shit in Dallas Stadium. That shit will sell out. And it's both PBC fighters. I just think that Al Heyman, I don't think it has anything to do with Errol Spence. I think Errol Spence would fight Terrence Crawford, and I think Terrence Crawford would fight Errol Spence. I think it has absolutely everything to do with the promoters. Okay. I, I agree. Um, as far as it's going to be over 300K, which I think is a good number considering they're not you know, mainstream stars. The point with Crawford Spence, I definitely think it's – the promoters issues I, I i think it's the promoters on both sides i'm not going to put it all on pbc i think eventually the fight will happen just because there's so much money involved in it and i could see it happening late 2020 early 2021 where you know it's at its peak and i don't think Heyman or aram are really going to pass in that money but i notice a lot of people you know make it seem like crawford is the test for spence to see if he's real but why can't it be the other way around? Why can't Spence be the test to see if Crawford's real? If you think about it, look who Spence has faced and look who Crawford has faced as far as, you know, big names. I mean, Spence beat Brooke. He beat Porter. 
And you can say Garcia came up and wait. All right, cool. But he beat Garcia. Look at who Crawford's really faced. And again, why can't Spence be the test to see if Crawford's real at welterweight rather than vice versa? Where everyone's like, well, Spence has to prove himself against Crawford. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but uh, you know, lately, especially, I mean, Garcia may not be the greatest fight because everyone obviously wants to see Crawford. We know that's not going to happen. I'd rather see Pacquiao because it's a little bit more interesting, but Garcia only has two losses. The Porter fight was really close and granted he could have lost to Herrera and Peterson. I don't think he's an elite fighter, but I don't think he's a bad fighter. I mean, I, I'd rather see this happen than Spence fight. I don't know, just some unknown European mandatory, the IBF mandatory. I, I can't remember his name, but yeah, I'd rather see him fight Garcia. I don't think it's a terrible fight. I don't think it also should be pay-per-view. But what do you think as far as, you know, my my theory, whereas why can't Spence be the tester Crawford at pay-per-view other than the, the other way around? Most people have it as, you know, Crawford is a test for Spence. No, I got you, man. No, in regards to that, I think it's a fun narrative you put it that way because people always think that Crawford is pretty much the – Crawford's the media darling that's being shut out in the perception that on um, boxing of uh, circles in in terms of Spence is, is apparently like like the guy that apparently they have Crawford as the boogeyman apparently but at the end of the day it may be Spence that's just what you're telling me uh, so it makes sense with that but my thing with Crawford is that I, on Crawford's end of it because there's no welterweight for him to fight is is the main issue I mean he has a he's scheduled to face uh Kavalaskis in December I mean. Bomek hasn't got his name right yet, so I don't know if he even prepared for it. So that's still up in the air, but that's going to happen at some point. But with, with Crawford being, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because Eddie Hearn came out with something earlier the, earlier in the, in the week saying that Crawford is slowly becoming the B side in this, and the way this is all playing out, it, it, that may just be the case. And if if you're going but simply basing on numbers, and the only number we all have to go on is uh pay per view sales and. If this Spence pay-per-view done over 300 and, and more, more, probably like the same as like the Garcia one, which is about 360, 400, depending on who you ask. But let's be honest. That's the number that people actually paid the actual pay-per-view sticker. You go online. People are watching this fight. And I'm not telling you where to find it, but they are watching this fight. Let's be honest. So it, it's making Spence a household name as opposed to Crawford, who is honestly with the, with the Crawford-Con pay-per-view. To this day, no one has the actual numbers. All we know is that Bob lost money on it, and supposedly, depending on who lies to you, it, it did about 150,000 pay-per-view sales, supposedly, give or take. That's cool. And, I mean, against, against Amir Khan, and then, well, let's be honest, the fight wasn't that good. But it makes me wonder, with you guys, and I'll throw this question back to you guys, is Crawford becoming the B-side in all of this if they ever do fight down the line? I mean, I'll, I'll say this, just to go to Thomas's uh, question, and then I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll answer your question, Marquise. As far as Spence being Crawford's test, I don't, I don't see it being that way. It, it's like this, man. A lot of people say that Crawford should sign with PBC, and the reason for that being is because right now he's incapable of getting in a fight with someone like Danny Garcia, Mikey Garcia, Manny Pacquiao, or Sean Porter because they're all PBC fighters. There's no test out there for him besides PBC fighters, which are all going to fight Errol Spence. By default, Errol Spence is going to have the better resume just because of that. I mean, Sean Porter is a great test. That's a test that, because of promotional issues, Terrence Crawford can't get because he's a PBC fighter. So it's, it, as I said, it's a very smart um, strategy for PBC because they have all these welterweights that are in the top 15, top 10, who Errol Spence can face and build his resume up, which Terrence Crawford does not have. As far as 
Terrence Crawford being the B side, that's a tough one. I, I I would say that um, I would say that more people probably know of Errol Spence. So I can see right now Terrence Crawford. Um, he he got nobody to really blame but Bob Arum for that man. I mean Terrence Crawford is beating shit out of everybody that he gets in the ring with. So you can't say that it's a performance issue. You can't say that you know he he's not putting beating who's put in front of him. It's just a, the fact that he can't get any top welterweights that are not on PBC to fight him because there are no, I mean, Amir Khan was in in retrospect he wasn't a bad he wasn't a bad option just because he's a big name and not on PBC to my knowledge. I, I know I think he used to be, but you know what what fighter besides someone from PBC can Terence Crawford really fight that that's going to get him that resume and get him that uh, notoriety that Errol Spence is getting. I will answer that question for you right now, Tim. What? My theory that I think would work, take Crawford against Ramirez, or you take Crawford against the Progress Taylor winner, put him at a catch weight, maybe 144 or 145 pounds. That's a big fight, especially if you go against the Progress Taylor winner. That's a big fight, and that's a fight you could probably put on pay-per-view and do a decent amount of buys on. I think that is his way to go. It won't be a welterweight per se, but... It would still be a big name, especially, again, the Progress Taylor winner. That's the main guy at 140. Crawford was at 140. He was the main guy. He's fighting the main guy now at 140. The catch weight, 144, 145, whatever it may be. That's a big fight, and that would sell, and that would put his name out there. And right now, he slowly is becoming the B-side because Spence is getting these pay-per-views. He's selling over 300K. He's doing better as far as attendance sales. And slowly but surely, you know, I, I told my friend this that's a huge Thurman fan a couple of years ago. I said within two years, Spence is going to be so far past the A side, Thurman is going to be easily on a B side. So he needs to take the fight now and get the money now while he can if on the A side of things, if that's what his plan is. And sure enough, I mean, Thurman's an afterthought at this point. I mean, he's going to come back next year and try to fight fucking Pacquiao again or whatever he's going to do, tune up and then try to get Pacquiao, whatever the case may be. But to me, if, if Top Rank doesn't make this fight soon, Crawford's just going to go more and more down towards the B side and further into that hole unless he has a big fight. He's too small for anybody at 154. So I think his best option is the Taylor Progress winner sometime next year at a catchweight. And you could easily do that fight probably April or so. I agree. I think that's a good plan, to be honest. That's I mean, to me, a good plan now that I think about it. I mean, to me, it's, it, it makes the most sense because, I mean, the Ramirez fight wouldn't be bad either, but the Taylor, and nothing against Ramirez, the Taylor progress winner would be the number one guy at 140. I think most people would see as the number one guy at 140. Mm-hmm. And to me, the catch weight, and to me, you can put that on pay-per-view, and you can at least get over 200, 250 easy because a lot of really boxing fans are just going to buy that because it's an intriguing fight, especially if it's progress, which I think he beats Taylor. We'll get to that in our next show, but... I, I think it's the way for Crawford to go. He's he's losing ground on the A-side, B-side debate, and he has to get a named fighter in there that really is that standout win on his resume. Because right now, a standout win is Victor Postal. And nothing against Postal. And that was on a pay-per-view, too, that bombed. And that was the number one major fight at 140 at one point, you know, three years ago. And that pay-per-view bombed. So Crawford has had difficulty in selling pay-per-views and is – claim in quotations on the a side it's it's slipping every day that goes by no i agree uh, bob aram has to absolutely have a plan to get terrence crawford 
he may not he may never have the A side, you know, to Errol Spence if Errol Spence keeps beating these PBC fighters. You have to do better than put him against some fucking struggle name motherfucker. You know, <laughs> you have to do better than that, man. Like no, like no one knows who the fuck this guy is. The guy had a draw with Ray Robinson. No offense to Ray Robinson, but he had a fucking draw with Ray Robinson. We don't want to see this fucking fight, man. Thank God that Teofimo Lopez and um Comey is on the undercard, or, or otherwise no one will watch this shit. So they have to be, have to do better in that shit, man. I agree, guys. It's a tough sell. My thing with that fight as well, and it's it's funny you guys mentioned. I'll throw this question to you guys as well because I'm asking you guys in the background. A lot of a lot of these fighters that, especially Crawford's a good example of it, where it, 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 it they suffer from an issue with promotion with top rank and how they can build their credibility and, and boost their you know boost their presence per se. It's not just Crawford though. I'll give I'll point a perfect example to you. The, the Money Man and Tyson Fury at that uh, Fury Wallin card, uh, which was you know what 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 it was. They, I'm sure you guys seen the reports. They pretty much had to give the store away, uh, tickets included, to, pay, to even have people show up to it. So I think as, as to with Top Rank as a whole, it's a promotional thing where they had to have either reevaluate their promotional strategy or a stra- uh, tactic in regards to getting out there, making their name known, or either beat on ESPN a little better or a little harder for promotion. Because let's be honest, the the, the only promotion we got for the Fury fight was the week of when he, when he was all over the place saying that these guys are bum, this guy's a bum, this and that and the other, and then. It, once the fight came, he'd come out in the sombrero, and no one really cares. They can't keep doing that for the same thing with Crawford. These are their big-name guys. But the, the thing is, the difference with Tyson Fury, um, and I see your point, but the difference with him is that there was a conclusion, and the cl- conclusion was Deontay Wilder. That yeah. fight was already going to happen. There is no conclusion for Terrence Crawford. There seems to be no direction for Terrence Crawford. There is not a... Uh, uh, a solid concrete conclusion that they're going to make an Errol Spence fight. So if you do not have that on the table, where do you go? At least Tyson Fury had Deontay Wilder at the end of the rainbow. Terrence Crawford has nobody. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that, that Fury at least had an end game. You could kind of eat yeah. the money on Wallen and Tom Swartz, knowing that you're going to recoup it later on with the Wilder pay-per-view, and it's going to be blown up as this, you know, really big event. You know, Crawford yeah. after, you know, Green Machine... Or mean machine, whatever his name is. Where, where does machine. you know where 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 does he go now? It's like Josh Kelly, Ray Robinson. It's like you know what options do you have that are viable names? Unless again, you do that progress. Taylor is the only thing that I can think in my mind that really makes sense, and that would be a huge lead. And if you have Spence Garcia in January, maybe the Crawford and winner of the one forty at let's say May, and then you have that fight in September or something like that. I mean, that, that fight would be, you know, even bigger because more people, if you're familiar with Crawford, but right now it's it's just throwing darts at the wall with Crawford. Like, all right, so he wins on December 14th. What's next? Robert Guerrero? I mean, <laughs> where, where do you go? Oh, oh man. God. Anything but <laughs> Robert Guerrero. By the way, guys, speaking of the card, I mean, and I love the Spence Porter card uh, as a whole, but the lead into that on FS1, which I did catch on the replay back at the house, uh, may have been some of the, well, I, I can't even say worse because it, it's kind of in line with some of these uh, some of these PBB, PBC shows. But gosh, like that Guerrero fight just seemed like it went slow motion for about eight rounds, guys. I, I don't know what happened with all of that, but that he bad. did win, right? They cut they, they cut off the, 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 the scoring judging before the interview started. Yeah, he wanted you. I, I turned it off around round six because I, I just had enough. 
But like you said, I, I, I like the card to kind of re-go over the undercard real fast. Obviously, Lopez stopped Molina. Molina mm. also announced his retirement, which I'm happy that he did because he looked like he was shot in that fight. And as Tim he looked like he retired in the first round. <laughs> as Tim mentioned, it's a good thing he didn't fight Lipinets because Lipinets may not have – well, he may even have the power of Lopez, but his punch is a lot more straight and accurate. So that back injury that uh, Molina suffered on the Pacquiao card really worked out good for him because he was going to take it even worse by Lipinets. But Molina lives, leaves us – I mean, he wasn't a great fighter technically, but he has a lot of memorable fights. He has a comeback against Red Cash. He surprised everybody. Not that Peronikoff is not, you know, Peron Whitaker, but he surprised everybody by the way he outboxed him. He had the war with Matisse, which I think was the beginning of the end for Matisse. It took a lot out of him. Uh, the comeback against Mickey Bay. He had the comeback against Henry Lundy. Molina's left us with a lot of memorable fights for a guy that, you know, is just, you know, nothing stands out on him besides power. But I guess that's all he needed for a really successful career overall. Absolutely uh, tough guy. He was a tough guy, and he's a, he was a really nice guy for anyone I ever talked to him. I don't know if any of that, but really nice dude. Very, very um, exciting fighter to watch. Um, not very skilled, as, as you were putting it, but, I mean, he, had, he obviously had one hell of a punch, man, because, you know, that Matisse fight was great. Um, yeah. He had, had some, some crazy heart. I am very happy that he did not face uh, Lippinett because I really think that would have been bad. And just remember, if he was washed up in the Figueroa fight, that just goes to show how much Figueroa sucks because I had Molina winning that fight. I, just another shot at Omar Figueroa. But I had, <laughs> I, I had, I had Molina washed up John Molina beating Omar Figueroa. So. I have, I'm happy that he retired, man. I really, really, really hope he doesn't do a Robert Guerrero and come back. I hope this is it. You know, you had a lot of great fights, go on the sunset, train fighters. It, it was a great career, and I, I, I'm happy that uh, he made that decision. And in the last fight, man, until the last fight, he went out with like a fucking warrior. Also in the undercard, we saw a really bad decision between Barrios and Akhmadov. I had 114-112 for Akhmadov. I can also see the draw. But there's the rounds were really obvious that Akhmadov won. After that knockdown in the fourth round, he pretty much swept everything and so he got caught in the 12th. And even in the 12th round, he was dominating that round besides the one punch where you could even say, you know, maybe Barrios only won a 10-9 because all he did was that one punch, which is an argument you can make. So how Barrios won... And by the scorecards he won with, that fight was over on two of the judges' cards before it even got to the 12th. You know, nothing against Barrios, but, you know, fights like this make people hate him unwarrantedly. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say hate him, but, you know, really go against him. Like, the next fight Barrios has, I just really want to see him get his ass kicked. And it's no fault of his own. It's just the terrible, terrible scorecards in that fight. Yeah, they checked out on that scorecards like early in that fight because that I, I you know the problem I had with the, the fight was I had it as a draw too and unfortunately as you, if you're watching the broadcast I think so did uh, your boy Marcos Villegas had that as, as a draw and you know if you're following the TV the TV judge your card screwed so also with that fight as well yeah but yeah better came to fight by the way I didn't realize it was gonna be that much of a fifty fifty with I thought Barros was gonna just drop him with a body shot like he's been doing like for the last like eight fights and it'll be done like in five rounds this was a he legitimately lost this fight, guys, and the, if one for his knockdowns, it'd be a whole different story. But those scorecards were 
So that's some of the worst judging in a while, guys. That, that one was pretty bad. Barrios, I believe, I don't have the stats in front of me. Um, and I, I don't really go about CompuBox that much because that is not a good way to score fights. But You can't. He was outpunched, like, I think 248 to 135. I mean, that's, that's a significant amount of, um, of shots. I had it 114 to 112. You know, it's PBC putting money into the judge's hand. I can't even blame Barrios. I never, ever blame no fighter that. There's so many examples that you could, you know, when Laura got the bad decision against uh, Paul Williams, when he gave it to Paul Williams, I was still yeah. a Paul Williams fan. You know what I mean? Like, you, I can't blame the fighter. The fighter went in there. Barrios went in there. He fought a hard 12 rounds. He got the shit beat out of him for a lot of that fight. I can't blame him because the judges are cunts. You know, I, I can't do that. So. I, I, I got to say, um, you know, it's another bad example of, of judging. Um, I remember when me and Thomas, we were texting during the fight. I remember that um, I think I said that Porter was going to, you know, just because he kept the close suspense, he was going to get the decision. I don't know. I don't I don't see how these how these judges. Um, and there's no way to fix it either. There's no way to fix it because I seen on, on Facebook the whole thing with Porter and Spence and. A lot of ex-fighters were giving huge margins to Sean Porter. So it, whether you have ex-fighters judge, whether you have judges, honestly, it, it seems like, and it's crazy, it seems like boxing fans are actually the best judges in these fights, which is fucking sad because we're not even getting paid for it. You know, it's just, it's, it was just a horrible decision. Um, I can see a draw. It is what it is. I mean, if it's a 114-112 fight, of course you can see a draw. Some rounds could... So you can see some rounds differently, whatever. Have Barrios win eight rounds. I believe one of the judges had it eight four or some shit like that. That shit yeah. is is just fucking crazy. Like I would love to sit down with that judge and ask him where where did you see this man win eight rounds in this fight? Like I don't know. It's crazy. It's never ever. I, I don't even like. It's never gonna change. It's, it's never ever 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 gonna change. So. I mean, fuck it, man. What can you do, you know? Like, I'm still going to be a fan of boxing. There's still going to be shitty decisions. What can you do? Well, I mean, if the sport really wanted to clean up, you could actually sit down with these judges after the fight and have them score in front of you. Because there's – I understand what you're saying with the Porter Spence where, you know, some people just fell in love with Porter's aggression and, you know, his come forward style. That's understandable. How many yeah. ex-fighters – how many people in general really thought Barrios won that fight? I mean, realistically <laughs> – if you wanted to give Barrios the credit of the doubt of every round he could have won, it's one through four and it's 12. Five through 11, he clearly lost those rounds. He was getting outworked and hit. There's no way you can give him anything but a draw. So in my idea, you ask those three judges, especially those two that had it pretty wide, score these rounds and why do you score it? And if they don't have a good answer, just fire them. Never let them be a judge again. Or even better yet, find them. Whatever they got paid, Find them double for something that's that bad and that outlandishly out there where they lose their pay for that night of judging and they have to put their own money on top of that. And I guarantee you, the judge will be a lot better then. And again, the Spence Porter, I could see. I'm not going to complain about that if you had Porter winning 114, 113. I don't agree with that. But for something that's that straight and narrow, the Barris Aquador, where you can see the rounds on who won, clearly, yeah. it's like, there's there's no there's no way around it, you know. Yeah, but no one wants to change the sport. I mean, no one's going to change the sport. I'm not saying no one wants to, but no one's going to because everyone's talking about 
how successful Spence and Porter was and who Spence should face next. No one gives a shit about Barrios, you know, robbing this struggle name kid. No, 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 <laughs> no one cares, man. No one, no, it's, it's forgotten. It's, it's swept under the bed or the rug, whatever the expression is, but it's, it, it's forgotten, man, no, because everyone enjoyed themselves. The car was a massive su- success. The only one it hurts is whatever the fuck this guy's name. There you go. <laughs> Agado. <laughs> that's, that's the only one that it hurts. It hurts him and his family. And no one gives a fuck about that. And that's why it won't change. Sadly, but true. And again, promoters on the A side that are, I won't say they're fixing these decisions, but have favorable decisions go their way. They don't want to give that up either because they can milk Barrios out for an easy defense or two until he gets a tough mandatory and he gets his ass whooped. But, you know, you can get a few more paydays at Barrios at this point if you're PVC. Yeah, because Barrios is 140, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's no way. It, yeah, I'll just rattle up the, the easy names. Ramirez, Taylor, Progress. You think Barrios has a shot at any of those guys? Probably not. Are you talking about to win or to get the fight? To win it. To win, to get the fight, that's a that's a whole other animal. Fuck no, he got a chance against none of these guys. Exactly. <laughs> so this will be one of those learning tools where you know, was was we well, as you mentioned before, was we the decision under the rug like it never happened? You know, the, the guy better got jammed. Let's be honest. But you think with like boxing won't change with stuff like this with these judges and these horrible scorecards because boxing is one of the few sports where. All the other major sports, you know, would, you know, they have replay and all this other technology because the technology is there, guys, right? But they won't change the weight of the old systematic process of just some guy with a, with a pencil in their hand going 10-9 and just putting it wherever they felt like it. And that's kind of what happened with this fight. I'm looking forward to with Barrows to see how he improves from this because he was – I hate to use that word exposed because exposed is one of those cl- – um, in personal, in terms of boxing words, guys, I think exposed, ducking – any any of that Rocky Three stuff, I, you can do what you want with. But it it does it, it did put out some uh, very flaws with Barros' game plan with him not being able to actually stop this guy personally. I thought this fight was not going to go to distance, let alone him actually kind of lose it per se. I mean, the draw was kind of realistically it should have been a draw. They gave it to him. I mean, it, 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 that is what it is. But we'll see what what he does with this afterwards and see if PBC will make him maybe fight a person like a step down like they did with your boy Joey Spencer on the undercard where he he fought. Uh, uh, the regional guy from the uh, Murphy's boxing card in a four rounder that he pretty much beat around for about six minutes and, and go back, have him go back to the drawing board. I mean, the thing is with Barrios is there's I I agree with you that word exposed is, is stupid, but yeah, he got beat up by the better man, and sometimes it's just mm-hmm. that simple. I mean, he is who he is. He's a tough guy. I give it to him. He's like an Alfredo Angulo man. He's gonna just get. He's going to struggle with people that are going to box him, man. He's he's going to be limited, but he's going to be one of the toughest motherfuckers you ever seen. And that's Barrios, man. He's a 20, what, 25 and old, 26 and old Mexican fighter. You you don't think that PBC paid these judges to say, let this motherfucker win so we could, you know, milk him <laughs> some. That's the thing. He's a 26 and old Mexican fighter who 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 is kind of, you know, is a tough dude. So, yeah, I mean, of course they paid him, man. I, I mean. PBC ain't gonna listen to this. They ain't gonna sue me. I, I, I'm just a dude from Queens. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it's the truth, man. You know, 
I actually had, I thought Akmadov going in was going to win. I had him winning by majority decision was was my pick on Akmadov. That was wasted of bad judging. Also on that card, we had Benavides recapturing his title against Darrell. Stopped him in the ninth round, do a cut in the eye. I think even without the cut, it looked like it was going downhill kind of fast after the sixth round for Darrell, where I obviously the cut couldn't see a lot of things coming. It was bothering him, but I, I picked. Benavides, not to toot my own horn, ninth round stoppage. Benavides, though, I, I I saw afterwards, he said he wanted to fight Plant. I think that's a very exciting fight. I just think Plant will maybe fed Angulo in the interim, which would really be upsetting to watch, but I wouldn't put it past PBC. Benavides did well, though. I, I, I thought he did well. Darrell, he fought in there. Uh, you know, he was a tough fighter in this fight. Unlike his brother, where he kind of copped out in the fights against Uzi and Abraham, where it was, you know, the maybe possibly overacting, most people think. But, you know, Anthony hung in there and he, he toughed it out with the eye and everything. I thought it should have been stopped a few rounds prior, but he kept going and he started taking some big time punishment, especially the body. So I'm glad that his corner pulled the plug when they did. And Benavidez being so young, I'm really interested to see where he goes next. I think. Him and Callum Smith are the two best at 168, and a fight with them would be really interesting down the line. It's funny with the the Benavides fight. I'm, I'm thinking with it, yeah, they, they could have stopped that fight easily after that cut in the sixth, and then definitely probably in the middle of the seventh round because it got to the point where the ringside at, at one point no one in this fight wanted to stop this fight, which is bizarre, you know, in the, in the age of having boxer and fighter safety, they didn't want to stop this fight. It would like they kept going to the ringside position over and over again. The ref was looking at it, hey, bring the position over and over again. It's like, well, just just make the call, kill it. it, it we know it's a because I that eye was getting red. I mean, granted, Darrell's been in eye cut situations before, and that one was one of the that maybe one of the all timers actually, guys. But that one was pretty bad. And it, it's interesting with him. Ed, he was he was pretty game for this. Granted, by about the middle rounds, it became one way traffic. Then the, the cut happened, and from there it was over. And then the, your point before, where uh, they're talking about Benavides facing Plant, I do think they're going to feed Plant uh, Angulo because uh, I think that fight with uh, Kid Chocolate was a. It was originally slated as an IBF mandatory, so I think that is going to be the next step plan for Plant with that. So Plant will have back-to-back fights between Super Mike Lee and Angulo here. So we'll see if that helps them out <laughs> actually facing actual competition if, you, if they do face Benavides down the line. And to get back to your point with the corner, the the, the, the ref and the doctors with yeah. the – Darrell cut how they kept pushing him go on and on. They did the same thing with Molina fight where they know they sh- they knew they should have stopped it. And Molina's corner is like one more round, one more. These doctors have to do what they know is right. Don't let a corner or fighter talk you into one more round or this and that because you know one more round a lot of punishment can happen. And we've seen you know some tragedies recently that can be avoided if if you're a paid doctor, licensed doctor, and you know what's right and wrong. Stick to your guns. If you go in there, stop the fight and let that be that. And if you go back to um the showbox card uh, not too long ago, Dutch over that cut. Yeah, with the they, that cut was nothing as bad as that. They 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 cut the lights out on that. He was the home fighter, and they stopped that fight auto, automatically. They didn't even let him get a chance to get back to the corner and fix it. Yeah, so it's that like bank why closed up. <laughs> you know, it's like why can't more. Doctors just be that authoritating. Just if it looks bad and you don't like it, pull the plug. Or at least if you want to let him get to this corner, give one round, see if they can close it. Maybe I can assume. But, you know, they let that Darrell cut go on for like three, four rounds. And then, again, 
if you look at the Fury fight, that should have been stopped. They just knew that Fury had the Wilder fight coming up, and they were like, all right, we'll let this go. And that's the only reason why that was continued. If if what you call it had that cut, Wallen had that cut, that fight would have been stopped. So I just want to say uh, just a couple points. Number one, I agree 100% with you, Thomas, about ringside doctors. You're there for a reason. Do not let anyone influence you. You are the one who knows the best. Number two, I felt Anthony Durrell, uh, just going back to the fight for a second, I felt Anthony Durrell, the first four rounds, I felt he boxed excellent. To me, just a much smaller guy. I mean, he looked very tiny to Benavides. And you kind of had the feeling, even when Durrell was boxing well, that Benavides was going to wear him down and take him out in the later rounds. It's a good prediction that you have for the ninth round. Well done on that. But, you know, it showed me that Benavides is not as good as a boxer as originally advertised. He's going to be a tough fight for anyone because that pressure and just the fact that he wears you down is, is – you have to be in supreme shape. You know, you have to have to pack your Mexican supplements in order to handle that. And it's a unanimous decision that I agree that Angulo is going to be playing his next opponent, which is sad, but whatever. Sad. <laughs> but you know what like uh, I, the cut was bad i agree with you 100 percent. if it was um in the tyson fury fight it was if it was out of while and i had that cut I, I think it was 47 stitches that is a deep 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 fucking cut if you would have had it and you know because while had no money behind him of course fury has the espn deal in the, the wilder fight coming up so he has all the money in the world behind him so if that if that cut was on wall it would have been stopped like you said, the the main point that you brought up, and I, I agree 100%, and I, I think it is it is very, very important that you said it, and I'm glad you said it, is that doctors should never be influenced by the corners, and they should just do their job, and their job is to protect the fighter. All right. And on the last note on that card, unless anyone has any of them, but just what were your final scores of the Spence Porter, you guys? Them. I, I had it one sixteen one eleven. I, I thought it was. I thought Spence was pretty much single handedly was taking control of the fight. The big thing with that fight, and I, I, I advise anybody who, who has it anything closer than that to rewatch it and rewatch it with the sound off. The big thing that was distracting on that fight more than anything else was, at some point, guys, I want to say it was like maybe the fourth or fifth round. At what round did you guys, guys, remember uh, Lennox Lewis and Joe Goosen stopped paying attention to the fight? That I'll, I'll ask you guys that first. Secondly. If you if you turn the sound off and you ignore the ridiculous CompuBox thing, because I'm convinced with some of these PBC cards, that thing's busted. Like I don't know if they're counting or just pushing the buttons. If they feel like they they blink, they push it. I don't know what happens. But just with that fight, the aggression that Sean was landing was 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 cool. But he wasn't landing anything. But the aggression was there. With Spence, it was just more accurate fighter. That, that's all it was to it. That's why I had a 161 level on my part. Part. What, what, I don't know what you guys had. I had a 116 111. On my card. Uh, I will say this. Uh, I was watching the fight on a LG Android phone, so I, I hardly heard Lennox Lewis or Joe Goosen on the broadcast, thank God. Um, you missed a lot of oohs and ahs, man. You didn't miss nothing. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Lennox Lewis is uh, this generation's George Foreman. He's, uh, he's <laughs> oh. the greatest commentators of all time. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll Oh, man. He's, it's the truth. He's this generation's George Foreman. He's honestly so thank God that uh the sound of my phone is is so shitty that it didn't work. But um yeah, I had a one sixteen one eleven. The la I mean the last two rounds, obviously the eleventh you couldn't have gave him uh because there was a knockdown. The knockdown really sealed it to be honest. So as far as watching the sound off, um I think you could watch it with 
the sound all the way up. If you know how to score a fight, you know how to score a fight. So yeah. that's my opinion. I'm actually in the same boat as you guys. 116-111, I can see it also being 117-110 or 115-112. I just don't see how you can have Porter winning unless you just scored on aggression. And the one judge had Porter 115-112. Not a lot of people talk about how bad of a scorecard that really was because I, I can't. I can't I, I, there's no defense for that card either. There were a lot of bad scoring cards in this fight card, but the fight was great. God. <laughs> Green, coming up this next weekend, coming up, uh, we have G3 back in the ring against Derachenko. Should be a good fight. Also on the undercard, Israel Madramov and Ali Akhmadov are two prospects to look out for. They also both fought a Rolls card. Uh, what do you guys think about this Galak and uh, Derachenko fight? It's a great fight, man. Uh, it's uh, not getting a lot of promotion because I guess it's between two European white fighters, I guess. That, that could be it. But it's a really great fight, man, especially because Triple G is getting older. Derek Chango is an action fighter. It's a fight that I think fans should definitely tune into. You know, like, shit, if Steve Rolls could take a round against Triple G, then Derek Chango could definitely keep the fight close. Uh, it's a fight that I'm definitely gonna score, and it's 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 the struggle name card, man. There's a lot of a lot of <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of syllables, a lot of syllables. In the card. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely all joking aside, man. I'm definitely definitely looking forward to that fight. It's a fantastic fight, and I think it's gonna, you know, I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people think. I don't think this is gonna be a fight where Triple G runs away with it, so. I look forward to watching it. Definitely going to be a good one. I think it's going to be good. I agree with Tim with uh, t- in terms of a lot of a lot of struggle names. That's that's a I'm going to write that one down, man. That's great. But with with this fight card, I want to throw to you guys at this. Uh, Devachenko is being trained by the greatness of Andre Rozier. Uh, this is his third shot at Triple G. The first two, of course, you guys know against him were Daniel Jacobs with an L and Curtis Stevens with an L. I think this may be the, the time he may have actually have an actual breakthrough. This may be the one time where if Golovkin can get beat, it will be with Devachenko as, he, as he's gotten older. This actually may be a pretty good fight. I mean, the card itself should be all right. I mean, it's the zone. They, they, they put on worse. I mean, they, they, they put on these, these VP boxing Philippine cars that no one understands. So, I mean, they, they put on worse products. So this one's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing what version of Triple G we're going to get. Are we going to get the one that got hit by Steve Rolls for two rounds, or are we going to get the one that we all know and love? I think Jesus Christ himself could have trained Curtis Stevens, and Curtis Stevens still would have <laughs> loved it. So, <laughs> you can't really – don't put that on Andre Rosier. Don't, don't put that on him, man. All right, all right. <laughs> oh. Oh, Shout out to Kevin Stevens, though. But, yeah, it's going to be a good fight, man. Derek Chingo definitely, uh, at this point, man, they got Triple G at the right time. That Daniel Jacobs fight, I don't really remember it too well, but I don't think that it was, I don't think it was that much of a blowout. I don't remember it too well, but I, I think Daniel Jacobs was at least competitive in that fight, so. You know, I mean, Andre, he's a great trainer. He really is, man. Like, if you live in New York, man, he's very well respected. He's a great trainer, great guy. So I think he'll uh, come up with a good game plan. They'll, they'll keep it close, man. I'm not saying they'll beat Triple G, but they'll keep it close. I think that Triple G stops him late. I think Derechenko isn't really necessarily a powerful puncher, more as a work rate type of guy. I mean, he does have some pop, but when I think of him, I think of work rate wear you down type of guy 
And in order to be that type of fighter, obviously, you're letting your hands go a lot, but you're going to leave yourself open to get hit. And one of the last things, obviously, going boxing, as they always say, is power. Triple G, from the last few fights we've seen, he still has power. And he may be a little bit slow as far as reflexes, or maybe that was him trying to incorporate Banks' new strategies or whatnot. We'll find a little bit more this Saturday. But he still has power. And Derechenko isn't the hardest person to hit. And he was just in a dogfight with Jack Colke. Mm. I'm going to think that he, he is a good middleweight. I mean, he's a top six middleweight, but he's going to get hit, I think, too often, especially those body blows start adding up because he's not going to have the power probably of Canelo where Triple G is going to go the body a little bit less. And he's not, I don't think, Canelo has transformed into a pretty good boxer. He's not really the moving type of guy either. He's just going to be kind of there throwing punches and bunches and trying to wear Triple G down. And, you know, Triple G is not going to have a hard time finding him. And in order to beat him, I think you got to use the box and move and, you know, things like that. I think Triple G can control him with the jab. He'll be able to land more body blows than did against Canelo. And eventually it's going to wear Derechenko down where I can see around the 10th, 11th round he winds up folding up. At least that's what I think. But again, who knows how much Triple G's really slid down the hill from what he used to be to what he is going into Saturday night. But I'm going to go with Triple G around 10th, 11th stoppage. I'll go Triple G. Um, I'm going to say decision. I'm going to say decision. you thinking like wide, close, like 116, 112, 118, 110? I'm, I'm going to go with Derrick winning a, f- a few early rounds, so I'm going to go 8-4. 116, oh. 12, Triple G. Yeah, I'm coming the same boat, guys. I'm I'm going. It's it's Gluff is fighting in Madison, MSG again. That that's kind of like the A side town for him. So I'm going to go like 117 ish on my end here. I uh, definitely, definitely should be um should be a good one. Definitely, everybody should check it out. And again, you have the prospects and Madramov and Akmadov on the undercard. I haven't seen a lot of Akmadov, but he looked pretty good last time in the rolls undercard. And every time out, Madramov he looks really good at 154, where you can be the definite player soon at that division. I also want to mention on this card, I just realized this. Also, uh, your boy uh, Ivan Berenczyk's on this card, the guy who lost to Taylor, uh, so he's on the re- on the road to rebound on this, on the co-main event. Yeah, I think he's, he's also he's, trained by Rozier, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Clarissa <laughs> Shields is fighting this Saturday in her quest to be a three-division champ. I'm not a big fan of unboxing. I don't care about it, but I will watch at least Jerron Ennis on that undercard. He's going against somebody he should wipe out, but it's nice to see Ennis back in the ring. I like him. I think he's a really good prospect at 147. And Jermaine Franklin, I don't think much of. He's facing a guy that he should stop. If he doesn't, then Salida really just has to drop him for the promotion. And Jericho <laughs> Quinn is also fighting on the undercard. A friend of mine manages him. He's going against Oh, the James. local kid, Jericho's on this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's on the undercard. So I'm interested about Ennis and, and O'Quinn, but Ennis and O'Quinn, but I, I just my own preference. I don't particularly care for Franklin, and I don't really care about Shields that much. I'm not a huge fan of women's boxing. Yeah, Shields is all right. My thing with Shields is that she's going these these quotes for these belts, right? But they found out of nowhere this. I, I love the word vacant uh, WBO belt. Like this, this belt was been sitting in, in, in someone's attic for like at least twelve years. I, I couldn't name you the last woman who had it. I mean, if I had to guess, well, I'll, I'll say uh, what what. Mm, Christy Martin, uh, Leila Lee, who I mean, who knows? It's been sitting in the middle of nowhere. And the woman she's fighting is coming off two losses. So, I mean, 
Shields' competition isn't exactly all there. The, until Carissa Shields at some point faces Savannah Marshall, who she lost, the last person who actually beat her back in the Olympic days, she's going to run for everybody else because there's not that many women going after fighting at, at her weight class. So she's, she's supposed to be collecting on these belts, essentially like belts at this point. I think Shields, um, go to go to the UFC, man. Fuck it, man. Have uh, a man <laughs> interesting, Clarissa Shields, man. That would fucking sell, you know, because just in my opinion, she's clearly the best of the pack in female boxing. I know Savannah Marshall is good, but and is the last one to beat her, which I think Clarissa Shields actually avenged that loss, if I'm not mistaken. But I just think she's the cream of the crop in boxing, man. Uh, like you see, like like Thomas said, they're just finding these fucking belts and addicts, and and you know, yeah. <laughs> and giving them to. Um, I mean, yo, shout out to fucking Salida, man. You, he, he's promoting her better than Amos promoting fucking Terrence Crawford. So shout out, shout out to him. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely a good weekend for boxing. You got the G three for people interested in Shields, and at least you have a lot of prospects on the card. Definitely a good weekend. Not as good as this past weekend, but. You know, it's something if you're not a big college football fan, it gives you something to do on a Saturday night. So thanks for joining us, Marquise. Uh, you can tell people on your website, podcast, everything. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, you guys can find my nonsense amusings. I'm on Twitter at Week Sauce Radio, all one word. I've been running the gag, guys. I'm still putting my lineal Twitter handle championship belt on the line, guys. I, I mean, I'm, I'm taking all comers. My belt's real. I don't know about Furies. Uh, you can find me there on there. Also, I write, write for Big Fight Weekend. That's also a Twitter handle at BigFightWeekend.com. It's boxing news, stories, reviews, recaps, history stories. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, I'll have a story out. Uh, this is the anniversary, guys, of the, the Roy Jones-Antonio uh, Tarver fight that I was at here in Tampa uh, back in 05. That was a hell of a fight. So I'll have that up for the website as long as anything of my, anything that I have come to mind, such as any random news that comes down the line, as always. Guys, yeah, thanks for having me on with this. It's always fun. So we'll be back on. Uh, we're working on a schedule. So uh, we'll have a good rotation for the fans that listen soon. Bear with us, and we'll be back soon with another episode.